Welcome to episode 5 of the Know Your Spiders audio podcast. Got to have a very special guest on for this episode, spider legend TJ Klein. He's currently playing over in Israel. We got to chat a little bit about playing in Israel under the current Middle Eastern tensions, his favorite Travis Scott album, the Fire Mooney billboard, and much more. I'd like to apologize. There's a little bit of background noise from the women's basketball practice in the second half of the podcast, but we got a whole new equipment and a whole new setup going forward, so it shouldn't be an issue uh, down the line. So go ahead and listen and hope you enjoy my interview with TJ. Player of the Year, currently playing over in Israel now, TJ Klein. TJ, what's going on, man? Chilling, thanks for having me. So what brings you back to campus? Um, unfortunately, uh, I have an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a herniated disc sitting on a nerve, and so um, I got sent back home from Israel to do some some treatment um, in the states. And uh, you know, Jay and Adam are really good, um, you know, development. I mean, strength and rehab guys, and they've had a lot of you know injuries they've dealt with. Um, Dion Taylor, Julius Johnson, so. I wanted to come back here and just have them take a look at it. Um, I feel comfortable with them, and so just just trying to rehab and get healthy. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your path uh, to where you're at now. So you know, coming out of high school, uh, just two D1 offers, Niagara and Air Force, yep. um, and you've kind of you know you've come a long way from going to those two D1 offers to Richmond A10 Player of the Year. Now you're a champion in Israel, but I think I think you would admit that that obviously takes a lot of hard work. But you know, coming out of high school, you weren't always a gym rat until you got older. That's something you progressed to. Take me from where you were on JV your junior year to a guy who lost 25 pounds by the time he left college and is now playing pro in Israel, especially that you changed your body. Man, it was just, um, you know, I think my junior year when I, I'd always just played to play. Like I had never really thought, oh, I'm going to play in college. I'm just going to play. Tomorrow I began, I'm going to play. Mm-hmm. And so like, when I didn't make the varsity my junior year, I like kind of, and all my friends are in varsity, I kind of felt, you know, uh, a loss kind of, you know what I mean? You're losing your friends, just a, a loss of pride, you know what I mean? Like. You've got this great family lineage, you've done this, 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 and you're not a varsity as a junior. So it's like, you just sit back and really look at yourself in the mirror and just be like, what can I do better? And that summer, like, I asked my mom, and she'd never really pushed me to, to do workouts or anything like that, but she, she'd she always done workouts with, with kids and stuff in, in the community and had basketball camps. And I looked at her and I said, I wanna be great, like, I wanna be good. Like, I, I'm, I'm tired of feeling this way. And she was like, I've been waiting for you to say that. So the, the guy that trained her um, for what she was going to the Olympics, Ron Spivey, he's a good friend and he worked our basketball camps and so he trained me for the summer. And I mean, some of the craziest ideas, he had me walk around in a, in a 25 pound weight vest all day for, for camp. Mm-hmm. So when we do workouts after, I'd feel lighter, I'd feel more aerodynamic. It was, it was very, very interesting methods, but he taught me like, even when you're not feeling it, when you don't want to go, you have to go. And that kind of like, that just, that sense, like he taught me never to lose that, with that feeling that I had when they said you didn't make it. So anytime I'm in the gym, anytime I'm, you know, you know, in the weight room, nutrition-wise, I'm always thinking about that feeling. Because you never want to see it. I mean, everybody's had that feeling when they're on the bench and you want to cry and you're just like, you know, your pride's got the best of you. And I never wanted to have that feeling again. And I told myself I wouldn't and I, I'd work, you know, work my tail off to do whatever I can. And that's that kind of mindset's kind of stayed with me um, through my professional career. So how about, um, you know, there's this new, almost like obsession here in the States with this, you know, like you were talking about the nutrition, the fitness of, you know, we look at Tom Brady's got the TB12 method, Tiger <laughs> Woods is, you know, 
playing golf a sport where you see guys like John Daly who, you know, smoke cigars on the court and now right. he's, you know, working out in great shape. What's that culture like in Israel? Do they have that same thing in athletics with the nutrition and the fitness, uh, almost like addiction? Yeah, to an extent. I mean, I think when you're talking about in, in my field, um, you know, athletics, um, anybody who's in that field knows the importance of nutrition and keeping your body right, what you're putting in there, how you're, you know, a big thing in Israel is mobility. And so we work on, you know, how, to, how are we loosening our ankles, how are we loosening our knees, just to prevent, injury prevention is a big thing. And I think that's kind of what, you know, the, the sport as a whole, I mean, pretty much all sports have kind of come to that realization that you don't need to be the most jack guy, you need to be the most fluid guy, you need to be able to get around your guy. Even, you know, in football, you want to see these defensive ends aren't as big as they used to be. Yeah. They need to be able to have that speed. So it's, it's, it's kind of weird seeing the transition from, you know, it was almost five years ago, we were in the weight room, we're just trying to pump out weight, you're trying to get as big as you can, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and now it's like, that's not the method anymore. So it, it really has, it's not as much as it is over here, um, but they do keep a, a good eye on that kind of thing. But since I've come back, I have noticed there's a lot more focus on that in the States. Mm. Have you seen anything that specifically just being back on campus just with what they do here now with the guys at Richmond versus when Oh, were absolutely. Uh, Keith told me last night, I was, um, so Keith Otto, he went and uh, I was, he picked me up from the airport and he had had these salads. And so I was like, oh, where'd you get these, blah, blah, blah. Well, the, I didn't realize they had a fueling station here. I mean, that's unbelievable. So yeah. that for the athletes to come in and get quality, nutritious meals anytime they want, not have to worry about going to the D hall or, you know I mean, if they're in a rush or anything, that's huge. I mean, the fact that they have that is outstanding. And the new training room they have, mm -hmm. I mean, it's really showing the dedication that this school and the athletics is, is putting to making their, their teams and programs the best. So when you went over, you didn't go to Israel right away. You went to Turkey first, right? Yeah. Take me through that progression, how you ended up there and then ended up in Israel. Um, so I signed with this team and it's a, it was a very good, it's a very historic team, Galatasaray. And uh, we had some great players, Rakeem Christmas, Scotty Reno, or Scotty Hobson, um, Dewan Summers, Dwight Hardy. I mean, we had a really, really, really talented team. And for some reason or another, um, and I didn't know it at the time, it was my first year, um, we just didn't click. Things from the coach to the GM to the management to the players, everything just didn't mesh the, the way you thought it would. We, we, we stumbled at first and we had to bring someone else in. We brought in Jordan Taylor from Wisconsin. Um, still didn't really, wasn't great. A lot of people left, they were unhappy. Uh, the coach got fired. And so um, me and about three or four of the guys decided that that wasn't the path for us. Um, it was just a culture shock for me. And uh, just, you know, talking to my agent basketball situationally, that wasn't the right move for a rookie at the time. So coming over, um, you know, my agent made some calls and some teams had interest in Israel. And they were able to find out, uh, I could get my Israeli passport. And so after that, teams from Israel started calling, you know, off the wazoo and, uh, it, that was, I met with this team alone, my agent knew the coach, and uh, talked to him for a little bit. I saw they had um, Joe Alexander on their team, and two Holloway, two guys that I was familiar with, playing with two A-10 player of the year as well. Um, and so I was like, you know what, let's do it. So I went there, and uh, it wasn't a great season. Yeah, like I sat, I, I learned, I, I was a rookie. I sat behind, I sat on the bench while we, we won, so I was, I was thrilled we won a, uh, a cup. We got second in the league in the championship, lost in the championship, and it was a great learning experience. So uh, it wasn't as, I wasn't playing as much as I was used to, but it also taught me patience and how to be, you know, like we talked about, that feeling to make you work even harder this summer. So you think your time at Niagara, like you said, so when you were there that first season, and then I think your coach just suddenly left, you guys were all shocked, you guys transferred out. Do you think that experience kind of, did that help you at all for then in Turkey, having to make that sudden adjustment, guys leaving? 
Uh, no, because that was the end of the season. We had had a great season at Niagara. We started three sophomores and two freshmen and won the league. And so, I mean, that team, they talked about that. Whenever Niagara would play in the future, they always showed it like what could have been. Like that would have, we would have been a top 25 team. Um, but no, I don't, and, and we knew because we won the league and the coach got such a better job. Like you couldn't blame him for anything for that. But I don't think that that prepared me. That's a completely different situation. You're an 18 year old kid. It's this guy, you know, recruited you, came into your house, talked to your family. You know what I mean? Like you're, this is going to be your parental figure for the next you know, four years. And now, but you can't blame him because he's got to take care of his family. And professionally, it's like we got a new coach in the next day. There's not time to, oh, I miss you. Or there's not time to think about it. It's you're, you got practice the next day. We're on these new plays. So it's a quicker adjustment. It's all, honestly, it's being the ultimate professional. It's like playing basketball, you can move any, any second of the day. I could get a call that I have to go to Russia right now, and I have to go. And so that's just, that's what you signed the contract for, so that's what it is. So I don't think it, it prepared me, but um, it taught me two different lessons. So what's the culture of basketball like in Israel? Are you almost like celebrities out there? Is it like guys are following the league pretty well? Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge. Basketball, you know, soccer and basketball are head to head, but I, I think basketball is a little more popular there. I mean, really, they they love their, their ball. They, um, the fans, our team especially, probably has the best fans in Israel, and they're crazy. I mean, before every game, there's thousands of fans there going nuts. They're, you know, they're throwing things in the court, they're doing this. So the culture, it's so much more, even if we're losing by 20, they're still chanting and blah, blah, blah. They're coming to Greece, 300 people deep to Greece. Like, it's crazy. So the passion and everything is, it's a little more, it, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. It's just, you can feel it more. And yeah, the, you see that with the soccer too, the same yeah, thing, the and, passion they have, the way they travel, you know. Exactly. And it just, it makes it such a cool environment. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you're playing, because it's really, it's all they, they live for up there. Like that basketball game means, so much to those people like they're crying they're in you know the kids are in tears if we lose if we win they've never been so happy so it's like you know hanging on every little you know every game is people's emotions and lives and, and they do see you outside and, and it's really cool to be recognized and you know i don't really i don't speak hebrew so it's uh sometimes i don't understand what they're saying but yeah. it, it's very cool when a kid says or you know what i mean it's it really is cool yeah so I know, I'm sure, you know, you guys don't live in a bubble, you're not oblivious um, to the political tensions that are over there with, you know, the Middle East and Palestine. How present is that with you guys and your team? Is there something that gets talked about? Every day. Every day. I mean, every day because, so a couple weeks ago, um, there was a missile shot uh, from the Gaza Strip to the Tel Aviv alone area. And we heard it in our building. Like, we were I was sitting on the phone and you could just hear boom. Like missile boom and the apartment shakes. So my part, my teammate grabs him. So that's like that was the first sense of like, oh my gosh! Like yeah. is it like you know you read it out, you see it on TV, you read it on the news, all this stuff. But to experience a boom at your apartment and shake, like it's hard not to that be the topic of discussion. So we're constantly following, you know, the there's an Israeli Twitter, you know, defense Twitter site. We're just following. I mean, because you have to be, you know, what I mean, you have, you don't know what's going on. You can go outside and a guy can shoot. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. it is. And I'm not going to get into the politics of, of what's going on, but it is very, makes you alert. It makes you aware. Like you, more so than any situation I've ever been in. And I'm watching everywhere I go. I'm making sure I'm not leaving at a certain time. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. making sure I'm putting myself in good situations. How has living in Israel and, you know, being, experiencing these things firsthand, you know, changed your perspective on things, the way you've looked at the world? Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's absolutely changed. It just, it really opened my eyes. Um, you know, when we, when we heard the first sirens that this is just, this is their life. Like they have, they brought us through that this is, they have a, an iron dome where they shoot the missiles out of the sky. And so it's like I said, it just like, your perception of just knowing that you're not just in the States. Like we don't, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, you can't just go home, blah, blah, blah. Like people are really dealing with real things, living in 
you know, in poverty and, and, and still having to, to deal with these things. We went to Bulgaria and we, we got out of the airplane and there are just shacks of houses and, and made like doors that are made from windows. And we just looked at it and it's just like, oh my gosh, like you realize how lucky and how grateful you are, you know what I mean? So you know, this it's almost like a new era for athletes in this uh, this day and age. You know, we see guys like LeBron. He opens the I Promise School, not just shutting up and dribbling. Um, how special is it for you, been for you, to come up in this era as a professional athlete where you guys have a new influence? It's been really cool to see. It's been really cool to see guys like LeBron and, and Kevin Durant who have such attention in the national spotlight. You know, like so whenever they want to speak, they got cameras all over them. They can say whatever they want. If Kevin Durant tweets the letter A, it's a top story on SportsCenter. So to have that and to have so many people watching and look up and looking up to you, and I mean, the, the social media aspect is huge for it. You know what I mean? You can really get out whatever you want to say right here, right now. I can send it to every one of, you know, three million people can see it in a minute. So it's so cool that people can voice their opinion and just kind of stand up for what's right. You know what I mean? You, it's not just politi politicians talking. It's not just people on CNN news that you're hearing. It's real, real guys, real athletes, you know, everyday guys. And the one, and they're speaking for the everyday guy. You know what I mean? And and you know, if if you were to go out, or if I were to go out and say something to the to the news, maybe it wouldn't be taken as seriously. But if LeBron James says it, it brings a whole new light and attention to it. So for them to have that kind of power and that that ability, it's it's I think it's really special and really really powerful. So what was it like for you then to get to write that Players Tribune article? It's one of the coolest things I've done, honestly. Um, that one was. That was more just me telling my story. I had one of the most unbelievable summers that I'd ever been a part of. Uh, I, I was so blessed. Uh, Coach Mooney let, I mean, it was all thanks to Coach Mooney letting me do, having that trust in me. You know, when we talked, um, and saying, Coach, I want to come back as the best player in this league. You know, I, I, this is the step I think we can do it. And I worked, went to Sacramento, trained. Like, it, it was it was so fun to write that and kind of just share what I got to go through and the emotions that I had. And uh, I think it was cool just for my friends and family and people around school to be like, that's a Richmond guy. I know him, he's in the Players' Tribune, he wrote this article and he had a great summer. And it was kind of just leading up to the season, building a little anticipation and it was just a cool little thing. I really got a, it was a really special moment. Mm -hmm. So you've been, you know, you've been playing now overseas for a couple of years. We've seen, you know, this Richmond team this year has a few international players, you know, Nate, uh, Matt, obviously Andre coming mm -hmm. from uh, Finland. So now that you've been overseas and you've seen the culture over there, you know, in Turkey and Israel, how much are we just going to keep seeing this influx of international talent, like with your, you know, experience really seeing basketball over there? With the, with the idea of potential being a huge thing in today's game, I mean, you see these guys get drafted off potential when they, you know, when they, I mean, as an example, it's worked out, obviously Kyrie Irving played, you know, 12 games or whatever it was at Duke. Guy got drafted number one overall. I mean, it's a bad example, but it's just stuff like that. You see these guys drafting staff guys, you never hear from them. I think Sacramento took a guy, he's now playing back in uh, in Greece, Papianis, and he was there. He They drafted him, it didn't work out, and they said, and so it's just like, when you, when this philosophy is going on that, oh, we can get him out, he's 17, we can develop him, look at Giannis. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's kind of the blueprint. That's what's kind of making people think. And so, yeah, there's a guy who from Israel, uh, Zeusman, they played with him on the national team, and he just, Put his name in the draft. Um, I see on this, this Sport Tando, it pretty much covers everything in Europe basketball, and there are guys that you wouldn't think entering the draft, you know what I mean, from, from Europe. Yeah. And so I think it's just gonna keep happening, and I think GMs are gonna keep seeing Luca and, you know what I mean, he's got, and, and Giannis being these superstars, and think, where can I get my next, you know what I'm saying? Where can you take a chance and get the next guy? Yeah. So I think it's gonna, more and more, you're gonna see it, I mean, for the next years to come. Mm -hmm.
you think we could end up seeing, you know, like the NFL is almost there's been talking about them trying to get a team in London. Are we going to see the NBA reach out as they try to go more global, whether that's put a team over there, put a developmental league over there? Do you think so? I think that'd be hard. You can't do a team because the travel. Mm-hmm. You can't. I mean, you can't play back-to-back travel in seven yeah. hour nights. You know what I mean? It's Especially just like the West Coast game. Exactly. You just can't do it. And so, no, I don't think there will be teams over there. I think maybe they'll, you know, maybe NBA NBA teams will kind of have a base in different. I mean, I, I know they already have scouts and everything, but maybe they'll have a base. They have a, you know what I mean? Like a training camp or any guys that they want to bring in. I can't say, but I I, I couldn't see them expanding to teams over there. So we talked a little bit before about, you know, like LeBron, the things he's doing off the court. Um, you know, this has been in the news recently, Space Jam 2 coming out. I think you've got a good story, a Space Jam related story. Tell me about the first time, or that time you got to meet uh, Michael Jordan after the uh, Pistons game. So that was, that was funny. My mom never lets me run it down. So we were at, we were at the Pistons game. My mom was coaching for the shock, the WNBA team. And we were waiting outside because my mom had been friends with Michael. They played, you know, growing up. They're not growing up, but when she was younger, they met at a few events and we became friends. And he was just the nicest guy to me, you know, a little kid out here. So I walked up and I was like, Michael. And he was like, TJ. And so I gave him a big hug. I said, I said Michael. And he looked at me and yes, TJ. I said, how come you can beat the Monsters and you can't beat the Pistons? <laughs> he took me, put me down. And I don't think he, I think he had a chuckle, but it wasn't a good chuckle. <laughs> he was pretty pissed off, honestly. So that was my, uh, my big Michael story. Might have insulted him a little bit, but uh, you think Space Jam 2 is going to be any good? I mean, I'm going to watch it, that's for sure. Space Jam is one of my favorite movies of all time. So I, I think, I mean, I'm biased. I love LeBron, so I think it's going to be good. I think it stinks that he's having trouble finding uh, cast members to go with him because why wouldn't you want to make one of the, recreate one of the greatest movies of all time? Or, you know what I mean, one of the most yeah. famous movies of all time for kids. Like, I just, so I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'll definitely watch it. So maybe uh, if LeBron reaches out to you, you'd be in Space Jam 2? Man, I'll be Bill Murray coming for the game winner. You heard it, LeBron. TJ Klein, open to be in Space Jam 2. Sign me up. So like you said, uh, you know, you got to meet Michael because of uh, your mom's relationship with him. Um, talk about, obviously, you know, she's a huge name in basketball. What is her, her work as a player, as a coach, as a broadcaster? How has she been an inspiration to you as a basketball player? I mean, just putting me around the game and putting me in position to be successful. Um, you know, when we're sitting at home and she's an analyst for games and she works in Pelicans right now, and you know, just to sit around and have that have that basketball mind. You know what I mean? It makes you love and appreciate the nuances of the game. At the same point, I can say, "Hey, mom, can we just watch the game?" So it's like to have that relationship where it's completely open, completely free, and but to still talk about your career and the game you love the most with your mom, kind of surreal. So it's it's she's helped me in ways I can't describe. She supported me more in ways I can't describe. And the relationship rocks strong. So she works for the, she's doing the Pelicans broadcast now. She's in the studio. You guys talked about Anthony Davis, where do you think he's going? She's not going to any inside of now. I mean, I don't think she, I don't think anybody knows. I think, I think he's going to LA. I want to say, I mean, with the whole Rich Paul thing and like LeBron, I think he's going to LA. If I had to put money on it, I'd do that. But you never know. Like you see this Paul George, he was upset. And then he resigns in Oklahoma City. Like Hawaii was going to go and then he got to Toronto. So you never know. You know what I'm saying? Like literally people's minds can change like that. So I can't. Get into the so what's on the agenda for the next this weekend while you're back in between? A lot of treatment, a lot of rehab. Um, actually going right now to go see Adam and Jay. Um, I'm gonna watch the boys play fours a little later. Say hello to the coaches. I'm just kind of like, I mean, listen to my family. I have so many people here in the community that 
I've built a rapport with and a relationship throughout my whole time here. And uh, relationships that'll last a lifetime. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get to see some some family, see some friends, and just, just enjoy it. How do you think they will be next year? I'm really really optimistic. Um, I know we've had two two years where we've struggled, but obviously like. You got to take into account injuries and, and a young team. Like things don't just flow. It's a process. Um, I mean, I, I, the biggest thing, the biggest cliche these days is trust the process, but it's so true. Like you really do have to wait your turn. And you know, with the squad, they have come back next year. I mean, games aren't at 3 a.m. in Israel, but I'm watching 90% of them. So what I'm seeing, I mean, we got Grant, you got Blake coming in, Gilly, Nate. I mean, and you got Jake and Goose had to play like a lot of minutes this year, which will give them more experience. Yeah. So I think that I think it's. Oh man, I think it's gonna be really, and I, I hear we have this freshman coming in, it'll be pretty yeah, good too. Yeah, so I mean, I think we have a really, really, a great opportunity to be successful. Now it's, it's what these guys do this summer, it's what they do in crunch time, um, but we we have the right pieces to make it happen. So I think, you know, as you talked about, it's, you know, there have been those past two losing seasons, but like you said, there is a lot of potential next year. This could be a really good team. As a guy who, you know, had success here at Richmond, you played under Coach Mooney, you know, you and I talked a little bit before, you know, you saw the billboard and all What was your reaction when you saw something like that? So, like it's disgusting, honestly. To for a guy, people don't understand. Like I have a video on my phone when they were they were playing in the A ten tournament, and the commentator goes, "If you don't think that Richmond's a well coached basketball team, you clearly don't know basketball." Like he went on this rant, and I, I saved it on my phone. It couldn't be more true. Like the guy knows basketball better than any mind that I know. We run a unique system. We, you know what I mean? He cares for his players. He loves his players. That's the biggest thing in a coaching relationship. Is can I go to you and say? I messed up, I did this, can I call you at three o'clock and say, I need help, I need a ride home. I need, And he'll go to bat for you no matter what. He's one of the best guys I know. So when people say, when people, those signs went up, I really took it personally. Like, I, I really took that to heart. It, it took a lot, of, I mean, I tweeted that, how disgusting it was, but it, it took a lot more to not tweet along the way or, you know, call people out. It's, uh, he's a special guy, this is a special place, and he's perfect for it. So when people try to come at him and try to break our family apart, it's disgusting. You're not real fans. All right, so we'll, let's end on a little bit of a lighter note. I want to do. I did this last time, starting a new little segment here on the show. We're gonna do top threes. So I'm gonna ask you a question. And you're just gonna do top three. Okay. Top three artists that are showing up in your playlist pre-game getting piped up for the game. Mac Miller, Travis Scott, Future, Top Travis Scott. Brisbane Trap. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. We're bumping out my senior year here. I like it. Got our grand golden. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So also, uh, top three favorite eats here in Richmond. Um, definitely the grill. Gonna have to hit that up after this. Uh, best breakfast in Richmond. Um, I'm gonna go Sakura. I'm gonna go Sakura mm -hmm. sushi restaurant. Love that place. It's right the back of campus. And then last spot. Easy. Westwood Pharmacy. Been going there. That was my first meal when I came here. Zach Two took me and Chase Fletcher. Man, the almonds are outstanding, great feel, lovely people, can't wait. All right, last top three favorite NBA players, current or past? Dirk one, Dirk. Uh, Braun two, and... Player LeBron or general manager LeBron? It's a good one, I know, I'm going player LeBron, Cavs LeBron, okay, Cavs yeah. LeBron. So we go Dirk one, Cavs LeBron two, and then of all time, I think I gotta go Trace McGrady. I grew up when I was when I was younger. I grew up idolizing that dude. I don't know why. He just number one. He was mm -hmm. smooth. He was just at his jersey. Loved him. That's my go-to guy in 2K blacktop. Love yeah. it. Thanks. TJ, cool. appreciate it. Thanks for having me, bro. Know your spiders. Episode five. Thanks for joining us.
Thank you for listening to episode five of Know Your Spiders. Also, thank you to TJ Klein for coming on the show with me. Um, make sure you go follow me at Noah Goldberg 10 on all platforms. So Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Um, make sure you go follow me on all those so you can see the different types of content we're doing. Um, episode six will be coming out later this summer with a really special guest from Know Us Media. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. And thanks again for listening. Oh Lord, Jesse made another one. Huh? Packing the mail, it's gone. Uh, she like I smell cologne. Yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first nigga play on my body, a nigga. I just check my balance, I'll probably pull up to your hood and come buy me a nigga. No cap. You know that your hoe told you that nigga crazy. Don't think that she lied to your nigga. Bitch. Get caught with your hoe when I'm popping them both. Now they hot just like Bobby and Whitney. Say I'm the GOAT. Act like I don't know. But fuck it, I'm obviously winning. Don't make me go hit the bank. And take out a hundred to show you our pockets is different. I'm out with your bitch and I only want knowledge. She got a little mileage, I'm chilling. You disrespect me and I beat your ass up all in front of your partners and children. I'm the type that let nigga think that I'm broke until I pop out with a million. And take 20k and put that on your head and make one of your partners come Yeah. Say fucking with me, then he gotta grow up Cause this nigga gotta be kidding This shit can't fit in my pocket, I got it Like I hit the lottery, nigga I will slap the shit out of nigga No talking, I don't like to argue with nigga I don't. Ain't gonna be no more laughing You see me whip out Cause I'm gonna be the shot me a nigga no cap. I don't follow no bitches on Najee But all of your bitches, they following nigga And that little nigga ain't gonna shoot shit with that gun He just pull it out in his pictures Bitch Huh? huh? Packing the mail, it's gone uh. Shit like I smell cologne yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on Yeah, yeah I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. Huh. I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Packing the mail, it's gone. Uh. She like I smell cologne. Yeah, I just signed a deal, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. Huh. I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about shit, I'ma pop that. Got like 32,000 in one of my pockets, the other one, that's where the Glock is. You little nigga wanna be in that gangster, man. Tell all these little niggas stop that. Be the Burmian nigga in front of the store where your mammy and grandma shop at. I've got on a whole nother wave on these niggas. Let's see one of these little niggas top that. I'll turn a nigga into a convertible. Push me a little nigga top back. Her boyfriend be hating and calling the groupie just cause she like all my music. She just sent me a text and to delete the message. She trying to find out it's confusing. I don't know what these niggas thinking about. Use the brain on your head for you losing. I pull up at the school and I teach her some shit. Tell your bro I'm a motherfucking tutor. Remember, I used to cheat off a pretty bitch. Test. All the teachers, they thought I was stupid uh-huh. Was expecting a box to pull up on the truck Man, this nigga pulled up on a scooter Fuck. Huh? Packing the mail, it's gone uh-huh. yeah. Shit like I smell cologne yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go where I want, good. good Play if you want, let's do it huh. I'm a young CEO, sure Yeah, yeah, yeah Huh? Packing the mail, it's gone uh-huh. yeah. Shit like I smell cologne yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on Yeah, yeah I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.